Super Senpai Podcast. of the Super Senpai Podcast, Super Turbo Edition, where we get together and we talk about video games and things that we've been playing. I'm your host, Grant, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, my, my player two to my player one, or the player one to my player two, whatever. Both our coins are in the slot. Pat, how you doing, man? I, I'm good. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm from, you're from Universe 1, I'm from Universe A, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're you're from normal universe and I'm from cowboy universe. I think those are the only two universes. That's not fair. <laughs> okay, we can right. both be from cowboy universe. There's just two. I'm gonna get a chart out. No. Uh, yeah. So now we're rooting in Tootin. <laughs> I'm from Rootin universe. You're from Tootin universe, or <laughs> I don't no. think so. I don't know about that one. <laughs> so tonight we are actually not talking about parallel cowboy universes. That's a future episode when we cover yeah. Sunset Riders. But uh, tonight we're actually mm. going to be covering a, a little-known title, a bit of an indie RPG, the very first <laughs> Kingdom Hearts game of oh, 2002. Yes. Just just the first title, not the keeping entire it, Keeping it simple and clean. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> All right. Somebody Aye. put one on the counter, right? Ding. <laughs> Our first of the night. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but um, before we get into the six-course meal that is talking about any part of Kingdom Hearts... Uh, what you been playing, man? What's 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 been keeping your attention lately? Uh, lately, um, Pokemon, Pokemon Scarlet Violet. Um, I got Scarlet. Uh, Marie got Violet, and we've just just really been enjoying it in 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 spite of its um, uh, many 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 issues. There's something <laughs> in there about it that's really enjoyable, and I find myself playing to the point where. I mean, Maybe it's because I'm starting later, but like I had to get woken up because I was. <laughs> it's too late, and I should be going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> the age-old problem. Mid snore. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, so now, as someone who uh, I pretty much have played Gen One and then Sword and Shield, so like Gen Eight, I missed a bunch of stuff in between. Um, sure. How how big of a leap are we talking from Sword and Shield? You know, technical issues aside, how big of a leap are we talking in terms of what's different about this title? I think in terms of the, the way that you um, roam around the world, it is sort of closer in line to uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Mm-hmm. Those one, um, Arceus had like like four or five maps that you would travel out to that you could explore. Okay. Um, but this is like one continuous continent. I see. So the only time you would have to go inside of a, or you sort of have to hit see a loading screen is if you go into a building, um, which would be like a usually would be like a gym, sure. Or if you enter like the main city in the town, but the rest of it's all you just you just run around. Uh, even like Poke Centers or, or Pokemon Centers are, are more like Poke Stops, where it's like you can see it in the distance. There's a big spinning. Mm. It's like a gas station. 
Yeah. Like it looks like a gas station. <laughs> I mean, I guess you go to get your Pokemon gassed up there, right? So. Pretty much, yeah. Like it's it, and it's like all in one. Um, but it's all seamless. You're saying. Yeah, largely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you're sort of only in the beginning. You're only kind of restricted by, um, what, uh, your ride Pokemon, uh, can do. So if you can't swim, then you're barred off from areas like that. You can't climb. I see. Or or glide. You can't quite reach those. But there's ways around. Like if you really want to try. Um, so something fun is that once the game cuts you loose, it's maybe like 30 minutes, maybe a little over 30 minutes into the game. That they're just like, all right, go ahead, go have fun. Mm. Um, I you just you can just go anywhere, uh, even if it's like areas you shouldn't be yet, which is part of the fun. Right. <laughs> Discovering uh, like, where you should and should not be based on the locale like the enemies there yeah and i think it's sort of in like if you wanted to go by level like the things that you encounter monster level you should be doing kind of like you're hooking back and forth and pushing um because it's 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 a disc like the map is just a big donut okay um you would kind of slide back and forth across the bottom as you get stronger but we mm -hmm. just went clockwise <laughs> and we just kept Yolo. going <laughs> yeah like wow this gym is the second gym this is really hard for a second gym We're like oh we shouldn't we shouldn't have been over here yet <laughs> but i yeah i i really liked it um i would i would say that um, i would like for them to use more of the features from pokemon legends because they had like stuff where you just throw the pokeball without battling at all which i actually really liked i thought mm. it was really exciting um because you get there's a higher chance if you uh, hit them from behind. There's a higher chance if they don't know that you're there when you throw the Pokeball. Like, it's oh, a cool ninja game. Like, right. It's like, really exciting. And then that also had the, uh, if you're running around um, and encountering them in the wild, they can attack you directly, which you not really the same in this. It just activates battle. That one you actually can get, like, knocked out. Uh, sure, to, like, yeah. Start over somewhere. Yeah, that was more like you versus them. Like yeah. physically, right? Like <laughs> right, yeah. Because then, I mean, your counter was you could throw your Pokemon out and then engage like actual battle, but right. Um, which I thought, like, I thought the way they implemented it was really fun, and I would want to see more of that. Um, but I, that being said, I still really like it. Um, and then they do some really cool stuff with, um, like, I don't know if they're numbered or not, but there's some like weird variations of Pokemon that like, uh. I don't know if I should say it. Oh, it's not that big a spoiler, right? I feel like if you're kind of into this, maybe this is more exciting. But there is sort of like a time, not time travel, but there's some kind of time uh, screwiness going on. Okay. So there are like prehistoric Pokemon that can show up or, or, or future Pokemon that can show up depending mm. on what version you have. That's cool. And Yeah. So and it's it's funny because like the, the, the prehistoric ones all have like um descriptive names like for example there is a, a prehistoric jigglypuff that shows up that's huge and it's just called scream tail like its name <laughs> in the decks and in its text is scream tail because it's you know you would describe what it does and what it looks like right because right, it's like this but, like megafauna version of yes jigglypuff. exactly right. yeah <laughs> which is like when i saw one i was like no way like it was so cool um but then and I didn't even make that connection really. I, I think I had heard that this could be the case, but I didn't. I was really avoiding looking at it. Mm. Um, in Violet, 
the 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 paradox Pokemon that show up are all like from the future or a future, so that they're all all of their names are are descriptive, but they're boring. Like it's like <laughs> very technical. Iron hands, iron uh, treads, iron. It's all iron something. Mm. Um, but when you see them, the design they're all like robot looking, and it's sick. Like interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like that's a cool dimension. Yeah. yeah. Um, I so I really like that aspect of it a lot. So would you say um, this is the the title that has changed the formula the most? No, I mean not really. It's just like you just don't have loading screens, is what it is, mm. and then you can you sort of roam around. I would say Legends RCS has really changed it the most, and this is, uses some features or uses some some game feel from that, but not enough that I would say like, this is this is it. I still and I'm not putting it down that way. I would say that. I would hope that the next generation uses more of that. They they probably won't. <laughs> I don't know what what's on their mind. Right. Um, and I'm also of the opinion that like the because one of the the technical issues that we're seeing uh, that people are posting lots of clips of makes me really think. I don't. This is all assumption. I have nothing that I'm going off of here. This is just like hmm. Um, I think that the new Switch or whatever Nintendo's new thing was supposed to be out already. That's what this makes me feel like. Uh, that like, that does make a lot of sense. But yeah, right? Like, it seems like they had, you know, Pokemon's a huge, the Pokemon company is a huge, like, merchandise and marketing thing. Mm-hmm. Any, I don't think they have room for delays. I think that this was always their window for release, and it and it was going to come out. Even if Nintendo's right. new thing wasn't out yet. Right. No, that, that does make sense. Especially given, I mean, Pokemon is not, I mean, nothing's glitch free, but at least to my mind, Pokemon's such a flagship title. The idea of mm-hmm. it launching in this kind of buggy, unfinished state mm-hmm. seems very antithetical to the kind of core of the brand, right? Like, I mean, kind of. Like, Sword and Shield also had, like, issues, but this is, like, I mean, I, I feel like this is the case with any time a, a franchise or, or company decides to go big open world. Sure. You, you're, there's a lot of issues, like memory leak issues are yeah. going to happen. And this is, I, I would say, their first real foray into that. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like, it's in 3D now like it was for Coliseum or, like, even Stadium was actually, if you look at what it is, it's mini games and also just, like, just 1v1 or, uh, that's not right, but just battles. Like, there's you're no right. world map that you have to worry about. You don't have to worry about geography or physics or anything mm-hmm. like that. That's true. So there's some of that. That's what I'm saying. It's like that game feel or, or topography is is something that they were more conscious of in, in um, Arceus. Mm. <clears throat> but anyway. But you are uh, enjoying like it the overall. New... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, I love the new designs. I like there's there's an evolution for Primeape um that i i was like i've never really i've never been like a huge fan of primate but when i saw this thing i was like this is one of the coolest like <laughs> and and so supposedly somebody said it's based off of like the flavor text of a previous one. Oh, that's awesome um, and it's it is uh it's called annihilate um and it's <laughs> it is ghost and fighting which is a cool sick combination i think that's so cool right um and the the flavor text that i had heard it was Something like it, it it's um what happens when a primate gets so mad that it dies. <laughs> Something like that. We've all I, I don't have it like I don't have it all down, but that's basically the idea. Yeah. And it's basically it's like an evil Super Saiyan 
a primate. <laughs> like that's it's it's really cool. That's that is pretty awesome. What's your yeah. team design right wise? Now, by the way? They're, they're like, what's, great. Um, speaking of, of Pokemon that you love, who are you running? We yes. gotta know. Even if I don't know. Um, <laughs> a Tinkaton. It's a fairy steel. It's the little pink one with a big like slapdash hammer. Yes, I see uh, fan art of that constantly. Love that yes, little friend. Excellent she friend. is great. I love her, and I um, I only want to um, uh, make sure she gets to destroy everything that she wants. <laughs> uh, I picked Quaxley for the starter, so Quaxava is in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I put Saraledge. That's the Mega Man looking one, the oh, purple yep. Mega Man looking one. Yep. Uh, so that's three Annihilate, I think, is on there. Oh, um, how did I actually say his name? Goldengo, the um, or Golden Go, the uh, the Golden String Cheese Man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I gather the popular um, new designs via fan art osmosis, basically. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the? Oh, and the last one is uh, Palmont. I think is how you say it. It is a, a type combination that I have been waiting, apparently nine or eight generations for. Um, it is he is fighting and electric, which oh, is interesting. like I electric has always been my favorite type, mm. and I've, I was like, what could a fighting electric be? And finally, he's here. He's <laughs> not like I imagine something kind of like sleeker, um, but I like him a lot. Like he's just a big and. <laughs> It, it's in terms of design it's actually kind of played down because he's not like crazy different it, it, mm-hmm. it's almost like he just keeps getting bigger like by the time it's at the it's like palmy palmo palmot and palmy starts off like rat sized okay and then palmot is like st- he's standing next to you like <laughs> as tall as you are by the time you get to that point. they grow up so fast yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean that's the most that's mostly it there's other things that i've been sort of playing but that's sure big focus i guess yeah that's that's definitely a big one okay well cool i i, I still need to check it out um i just i, I feel really I mean, glad no, I, I no finally... rush you're um, from what i remember you're playing uh you're playing, playing something uh that you've been waiting a long time to get to you've yeah been that's, building up towards <laughs> that's really it i have finally begun uh i finished tales of arise which was the thing that was before I dove headfirst into Dragon Quest XI, I was like, all right, I'm going to clear out at least one other RPG in my backlog. And I chose mm-hmm. Tales of Arise, which I finished. And I have now mm-hmm. started Dragon Quest XI. I guess I'll talk mm-hmm. more briefly about XI, because I'm really early on in XI. Okay. And I put it... Yeah. Um, like, I have... Uh, uh, Eric. We're, we're gonna have to do a whole episode when you actually get yeah there, for sure yeah i've only got two but party is members. it everything it's just just me and eric okay. right now we're in the first like, oh you and your bros yeah bros. Me, me and my, my prison bro uh mm-hmm. i've got it set to the one draconic setting where enemies are tougher so it's much, oh okay much slower going having sure. to be a little more methodical um mm-hmm. you know i can't just run around do whatever i want all day I, I do have to be very careful about how far i am from the campsites and stuff but Right now, mm-hmm. preliminary vibe is it's wonderful. I am mm-hmm. talking to everybody in every town ten times. I am just, yep. I'm very, almost never even using the run function. I'm just walking everywhere and just kind of soaking it in. And mm-hmm. I really, really love it. It feels like a polished eight in the best possible way. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, my only, because I'm still so early, none of the big reveals have really happened 
or anything mm. like that. A, a few minor things have occurred, but by and large, it's just very solid Dragon Quest right now, and I'm loving it. But I think the most mm-hmm. interesting thing thus far is how much I love the little, uh, the little tiny forge, the little travel forge mm. you have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's fun. Because I, I don't really play... Most RPGs I play that have forging mechanics... I don't want to speak too broadly because I'm sure there's... I know there's like whole franchises like the Atelier series that like crafting is the whole thing and it's its own whole space. Most crafting systems in my experience are not very worthwhile. It's just like throw two blue rocks and a red stick in the pot. You get your thing, right? Like there's not a whole lot of interaction. Um, mm. It just mm-hmm. feels like exchanging currencies, uh, I guess. Um, but that that hammering, that hammering in this one. Exactly. The little hammering like, minigame. It's so, it's just tactile enough exactly. to make you like, feel like you're contributing to the, to it. Right? Precisely. Like, I'm not just like throwing it all. You are stirring the soup. Yeah. I'm not just like ding, 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 ding. And they just pops out. Like it feels like I have to manage exactly the right hit. And I have mm-hmm. a, just enough control to be invested, but not so much that it's perfect every time. So it's like, oh, do I want to yeah. retry this? I only got a plus two. Like, and then you get the pearl, like the rewards for just, you get those like perfection pearls just for crafting anything. Like, oh, yeah. so then that encourages yeah. you to then go back and really get those other items. Like just right. Like that system, that little loop is, I knew it was going to be engaging when it kind of started showing me the basics. But like, as I've gotten different like hitting types and stuff, I have become like obsessed with that. I finally care about a crafting system. In RPG. Wow, they did it at last. It, it finally happened. Um, and again, yeah. I'm holding out hope that like the Atelier games in my future, like that. I know those games are big on crafting, so hopefully those systems are engaging. But like, I did not expect to fall head over heels with the crafting system in Dragon Quest because wow. I liked I like um I like the usual approach, right? Like the that eight has or say like final fantasy nine has where it's like you don't want to just sell all your old gear immediately a lot of it yeah. is going to be useful in future recipes and usually in ways you can't anticipate so you're like well mm-hmm. i better hang on to this just in case i like that yeah, they could they could be a rust is it rusty sword as the yeah the and you, you you put the right you know ores on there or something and oh it's the greatest sword in the game i love that stuff mm-hmm. that's great i think mm-hmm. it's a great way to discourage like well, I bought the plus two sword. I'm just going to sell the plus one now to make the mm-hmm. t- the plus two sword not cost as much. It just makes all those weapons feel really meaningless. Whereas if you hang on to them and do the grinding in the first phase, the latter part of the game is like, ah, I can use my huge store of basically materials now to craft stuff. But the actual crafting itself is usually very dull. So mm-hmm. I got this crafting system is just, uh, mm. I'm loving it. So... Do you have, I mean, you've experienced, this is more of a general Dragon Quest question, maybe, but um, do you have a favorite Dragon Quest monster? Oh, well, now that is a tough question. I love, I mean, they're all, all these Toriyama designs are so pleasant. Um, yeah. They, yeah. I, okay, here, wait, I got it, I got it. The, sorry, I, I think I phrased this wrong. Um, do you have a favorite Dragon Quest monster that you've already seen? That's one. Okay. Two, um, is there a Dragon Quest monster that you are excited to see the most in this game? Oh, I see. Okay. Right. That's it. Um, yes. So, I, I mean, it's really hard to top the slime. It's sure. like, I don't know, Toriyama. Let's throw slime out. Slime yeah, out. Slime's sl- too easy. Slime is too good of a design. It's too simple. It's yeah. too perfect. How did he do it? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the look of the... Um, 
the the kind of the the I don't know if they're called haunted armors. They look like just kind of big mm. burly knight dudes, right? With kind of mm-hmm. the gorilla arms, um, mm-hmm. usually with the sword and the shield and the kind of the variants of them. I really like those designs a lot because they're so recognizably a fantasy trope, like mm-hmm. oh knight in armor, but they they have a weird bulk to them that makes them imposing and clearly kind of a menacing figure even though it's really just a suit of armor. So I'm really I really like that design quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see them kind of in the full 3D space and reacting to hits and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, night night aberrant. Night, night yeah, aberrant. maybe that's what it's called. The night guys mm-hmm. and the skeletons yeah. with those distinctive like they kind of have like the HR Toriyama Geiger look. alien elongated heads, yeah. right? Like that, that that's such a cool oh, look. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and I'm kind of curious about the scale, like the ones that are larger, like say the dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, like how big they're going to appear in the kind of battle zone thing. Yeah. Um, so something, um, something that left an impression on me in this one more than others for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I went from like eight to eleven, and I'm used to the image still images of them. Um, the posing. And, and the framing of the, of the enemy models in this one feels so, um, not referential, but they went out of their way to make them look like the original sprites, even though they are in 3D. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's just some of the designs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, specifically the dragon is like one example that comes to mind. Because if you remember like the old dragon sprite, it's posed in a very specific way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like where its, its neck is kind of craning and it's like looking down at you. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, there's uh, when you encounter a dragon you'll know what i mean like they went out of their way to replicate that that specific body language yeah it's Um, a very and it is you're right it's a very specific kind of like posing and framing on top of just the design work and that they're sort of mm -hmm. resting states they they could be pulled right out of an older game Mm -hmm. uh you know those resting sprite forms like you're saying even if they move more and animate more and emote more their sort of yeah. natural normative state is still. This is what it would have looked like in the you know late eighties, right? Um, yeah. So I I yeah. I really appreciate that. It feels. Yeah. I mean, all Dragon Quest I'm... games feel linked, but this. It it feels so good to know that coming to this sort of final game, and it still feels so quintessentially itself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have been playing some Final Fantasy stuff in parallel. Um, mm-hmm. and I think part of the draw there is how much that series experiments, but mm. the, the sort of, I guess the kind of catch 22 with it is that like, like, what does it even mean? And I guess we'll get into some of this with kingdom hearts too, but it's like, what does it even fundamentally mean to be a final fantasy game mm. from title to title? Mm-hmm. It's really hard to say like, mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas with dragon it's, quest, it's one of those, it's hard to express, but you, it's one of those things, you know, when you're looking at it, yeah. right? Like, when you're playing it, you're like, okay, Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yes. I, Final I guess, Fantasy. like, for me, to, to make a manga comparison, like, playing the Dragon Quest games feels like reading One Piece. You start at chapter one, and you start mm. reading in order, and all the chapters are linked, because of course. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. the Final Fantasy games feel like, I don't know, Batman. Like, what is Batman's origin story? Well, there's a few overlapping Venn diagram, like, parents, Crime Alley, Joe Cool, you know, Quest for Vengeance, like... But some of those details change with the retellings, right? Like, oh, in the 80s movie, Joker killed his parents or, you know, that kind of stuff. 
right? Like interesting. Like okay. This kind yeah. of like okay. And with Final you have Fantasy, like echoes echoes of self. Yeah, for the Final like, Fantasy games, it's like oh well. Sometimes it's active time battle, but sometimes it's turn based, and then sometimes it's like oh, there's a character named Sid, and there's crystals, and it's like all these vibes mm-hmm. that, and you sort of each game pulls some of those vibes in, but not all. Whereas the mm-hmm. Dragon Quest games are really, really good at keeping it's, all it's, that together. It's almost like a story beat that's being told um, about something mm-hmm. uh, that changes depending on who's telling the story. Mm-hmm. Like it's still the same. This is not. I'm not using this as a, as a way to denigrate it but like it, d- in terms of getting that vibe it's like and there was a guy and his name was sid but he was uh, an airship pilot like right and then right does that no that vibe of Joe, what you're saying yeah exactly yeah. or like the you know you think about like the joker in dark knight right he's like let me tell you how i got these scars it's like mm-hmm. the vibe of the story is the same and there's a sinister intent every time but the details keep changing like that's how it kind mm-hmm. of feels like final fantasy is delivering this emotion mm-hmm. usually but like the specifics and the delivery mechanisms change drastically every time to the point where mm-hmm. you have to almost take them it's really hard to talk about final fantasy as a franchise whereas with dragon quest for better or for worse, like you can talk about kind of all of it at once. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really astonishing even just to be in a place where it's like, it, it, it's no longer first person, you know, sort of dungeon mm. combat. Like the majority mm-hmm. of my time with Dragon Quest has been spent as a first person dungeon crawler um, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, this being able to see the characters while the battle is happening that's a really new development in the franchise's you history can, you can even move around but it actually does nothing yeah <laughs> i immediately turned that one off. took me a minute that that, that one took me a minute because i was just like i, I still do it because it's funny <laughs> but there's there's no reason to do it it is fun to there's run attack. around the character models for a second but i immediately yes. was like this is not my dragon quest everybody get in line we're all taking yeah. our turns <laughs> yeah um, Line up. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so I've really been enjoying Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, in addition mm-hmm. to, of course, all my other various side games that I'm also playing. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's great. It really feels it feels exactly like what I would want from a modern Dragon Quest thus far. And it's just so mm. I don't know. It's very lovingly crafted. And despite you know, I enjoyed Tales of Arise a ton. Um, just before this and that's a very like high octane action rpg everything's dialed up to 12 you know that was a super engaging um game to play but then to kind of like to you know that and that's a very modern take for tales is also an old franchise but like tales of arise is like a super modern game right it's very Mm -hmm. very modern in so many ways and i mean that as a positive but like to come back to dragon quest 11 and it's like we're doing what we've been doing for a very, very long time here, and that's still great. Like, if you do yeah. it right, it is still a profoundly enjoyable experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exciting. It's it's really exciting to add new party members, like, once you sort of get further along. That's something that I, I really am excited about. I remember being really excited about it. It's like, oh, cool, I have, like, this, you know, these dudes right now, but imagine when I get, like, a little bit more mm-hmm. more strategic options and more um like different abilities or access to different spells or techniques like Mm -hmm. just i mean duh like duh but that's but that's part of it right (laughs) right yeah it's so enriching it'll be interesting too um compared to dragon quest 8 
I think one of the reasons mm-hmm. that I love that game so much, and a lot of people bring up the comparison because um, mm-hmm. they're the the only two like really true 3D kind of Dragon mm-hmm. Quest games. Um, but Dragon Quest Eight is almost, I would say, almost too kind to the player because there's only four party members, so everybody's mm-hmm. always there, and you never have to make the hard choice of who's in the party. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, you're just like mm-hmm. the gang's all here, and we never have to worry. But like. I know yeah. I'm coming up on this very soon. I will come up on the agonizing choices of, but who's going to be in Which my party? Parties? And yeah. like, my heart's going to break. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And even coming that. from Tales of Arise, which was a game where you had you ended up with like seven people, but that game almost is like playing a tag team fighting game because you can just constantly switch to all party members at all times, even ones oh. who are technically not in the core four. Like, you're just constantly jumping around from character to character in that game. So again, you mm-hmm. pretty much always have everyone in the party at all times. There's no like making that hard call. So I'm dreading that with Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah, I, know I, I love them all. <laughs> in another in another time and space, where where I would have uh, the ability or time to contribute to something like this, I would like to have executed on a like a turn based RPG where you get party members and you can just have all of them at all times, mm. but it works. <laughs> like it's not completely broken. Right. Like somehow having everybody around is, is viable and mm-hmm. also still interesting. You're not just steamrolling the game. Yeah. Now remind me is final fantasy 10 kind of plays with that, right? Like you can switch characters at any time. I've not played 10, but my understanding is I, that you can rotate. It's been a long time. It's been long enough that I don't really remember. I think like, it I toys with haven't... that. I think, I think okay. something, because obviously you want the characters who are present to have an impact, right? You want there to be a mm-hmm. distinction between like who's there and who's not, or like who's front line, mm-hmm. who's back line or something like that. I feel like there's, Pokemon, I feel like has part of the answer, right? Where you have, six party members functionally but only one active at a time and the act of switching is sort of a tactical decision mm-hmm. i feel like there's some kind of um you know maybe you have four people up front but you can i don't know this character like as part of taking a defend action at the end of their turn it'll switch with a reserve party member or something you know you can like tag them out and stuff so that you can kind of have some people on the front, have some people on the back, and that managing maybe items and health and stuff between kind of like front and back liners kind of thing. There's, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a there's a space there for that, but it is also more to manage. I, I do understand why they would yeah. not do it. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, a, a recent example, uh, I think I've probably played others since, but I was really hurting for who I should keep in my party in, in Yakuza 7. Mm-hmm. Like really, really, I was like, I can't. I want all. I love them all. Yeah, like, I want them all here. Um, and it's a feeling that I also did have when I was playing Dragon Quest Eleven. Mm, yeah. So well, guess I'll just have to do a second full playthrough. No. <laughs> oh my god. If... I I did I no I have no intention of doing that. Like I played through the whole thing, all the DLC and stuff, and I don't think I will be doing that for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, they are a lot. I would much. They ask a great yeah. deal. Um, much sooner uh, whenever the next dragon quest is out i will definitely be invested mm-hmm. or interested in that yeah i'm 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 curious since all the preview stuff for 12 
I say all. Hmm. There's very little, but there seems to be this like. Is there anything? I I remember only seeing the title. That's all like hardcore looking. Yeah, like... it's like and it's like this like dragon flame flying over, and there was this kind of. I don't know if it was specifically stated or sort of implied in the the marketing that it was going to be a like a big change for the series or something like that. Something I, like that. I saw yeah. a lot of speculation that that could be either a switch to action RPG model, or yeah. and or a like very gritty mm. dark sort of. Either of these, I don't know how I feel about. I know. But I I will hold my breath until we see. Hold my tongue. Yeah. Until we actually see it. Yeah, that's the thing. Because um, I I really can't complain. It is a 20-plus-year franchise with 11 entries yeah. that all do the mm-hmm. same thing, pretty much. Like, if yeah. I want that Dragon Quest, there is so much of it, you know. But at the same yeah. time, that's part of its strength, is it is really, you know, cl- clutch tight to these standards and has not let go, despite all the other changes going on in the industry and all you know, all the various tones that all these other games have, have hit. I think that's part of mm-hmm. what gives it its strong identity. So I'll be very curious. Maybe it could even just be very minor things, like a, even a slightly darker tone for Dragon Quest would be a big deal, right? So maybe it's not like yeah, a, oh, yeah. a profound yeah. change. <laughs> right. So we'll see. I mean, in, in, in terms of content, it doesn't really shy away from it. It's just maybe no. not outwardly gory or grotesque, uh, with some exceptions or, or themes, I guess. Mm-hmm. At least that's my mental uh how i how i have that in my head versus um i, I don't know something like dark souls i guess where sure kind of it's kind of nasty it's kind of kind of wet and creepy yeah that wet icky uh kind of yeah. muddy grimy feel isn't there but i think even a minor shift in tone or mm-hmm. perhaps it's it's more um maybe even i mean even a shift away from the sort of like uh I wouldn't call it island hopping, but right, like the Dragon Quest models, like, you know, episodic town for the most part. Go to the new town. What's the vibe here? What are my quests here? Reset yeah. the board, move to the next town. And that's a broad, that's a generalization, but because there is an overarching yeah. plot, but e- even slightly more sort of macro plot brought in could be a big change for the series. More of a, I don't know, quote unquote political, you know getting involved in sort of the geopolitics or something of, of great nations, that would be a big change for the series. But I guess we're just going right. to have to see. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. It'd be interesting to see what they decide to focus on. Mm-hmm. But in the short um, term, I'm loving Dragon Quest XI. Mm-hmm. I'm very early on, but I'm, I can't wait to just, I just keep soaking it in. I, I was right truly blown away by the opening intro movie and that starter town when you're up on those high cliffs and I was just looking around like, oh my god. <laughs> look yeah. at this. Just look at this. <laughs> it's 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 quite sweeping. So Well, uh, do we want to get into the meat of today's discussion with Kingdom Hearts? I think we should. Okay. So Kingdom Hearts. What <laughs> What is Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> what kingdom? <laughs> and where are these hearts? No, uh, talk about talk about a big topic for the night. Um, and we're we're now twenty years out from that first game. God, that oh no, twenty years. <laughs> Many lifetimes Don't. have been led <laughs> uh-huh. in that time. Um, oh boy. Uh-huh. So, uh, 
I guess, do we want to just kind of talk about, what, I mean, hopefully anyone who's listening knows what it is, but we should probably yeah. give a bit of structure to that discussion. Um, I mean, what what is there to say? It's a, a, It was a PlayStation 2 game, a collaborative effort between Square Enix and, and Disney about uh, uh, a boy who, who with his friends wanted, who wanted to go on an adventure with his friends, gets separated and then spends the rest of the time regretting wanting to go on an adventure <laughs> regrets <laughs> regrets and wanting and just wanting to see his friends again mm. um, but in instead has to deal with donald and goofy uh who were just some of the funnest funnest party members what a joy what a treat <laughs> yeah um, and and an action rpg uh yeah. in 2002 which was a time when at least uh i mean i don't know if i would say it was not the norm but it was these days action rpg it feels like the the um the balance has shifted and that action rpg is much more the norm and turn-based is maybe not old-fashioned but it's it's a rarer beast um mm. to see a turn-based mm-hmm. action game whereas in 2002 i don't know if not that the transition wasn't happening, but it's it's it still felt like there was a lot of a lot of turn-based games as your sort of normative combat state, and action hadn't quite taken over so dominantly. I would say. Um, yeah, I actually had a problem because um, the at the time I wanted like I wanted to play more games like it. Mm. Um, because I really, actually, really, really like the game feel, um, where it was a, uh, it's a hack and slash, but then also you have, like, different, like, you could sort of spec up a little bit, there's Mm -hmm. a bit of a gear system, but not, like, a crazy one. Afterwards, I was, I wanted to play other games that, that delivered on that same kind of feeling, not knowing what kind of, um, I guess, restrictions? Or what kind of things were actually going to be available. Yeah. And so I found other things that were classified as action RPGs, but didn't have the same right game feel. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, I recognized after the fact is, uh, I, I, I guess growing up, my favorites were always beat-em-ups. Because it's just like you get to the point, you start whacking things. Yeah, yeah. And then and and they go, Ugh! <laughs> and <laughs> It's a very, like, it's, it's a... Uh, what's the word? It delivers very quickly on what you're looking for when, it, when you think video game, and this also did that at the like. That's what I was sort of wanting out of uh, the game feel. Sure. Uh, rather than issuing a command or something more turn based, um, which later on I found actually was uh, I was looking for hack and slash. I was looking for Devil May Cry. Like I was like, oh, this is what it is. Right. Because I think I went to Fantasy Star Online afterwards, like. Which is an action RPG, sure, but uh, it is it's very different in terms of game feel. Like your attacks have to be timed, depending on which weapon you have. Mm-hmm. And this, is, this, is, this is totally this is totally not what I was looking for at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I well, and I think you've really still... you've hit the nail on the head there. That like action RPGs, it's not that they were necessarily unknown twenty years ago, but when you mm-hmm. thought of like. You know, what am I, when I think about an RPG, like a classic console RPG, it's probably turn-based or some very structured combat, right? You're standing still, even active time battle is mm-hmm. 
it, it's somewhere between you know real time and turn based but the characters are still lining up there's no movement dimension to it any games mm-hmm. that had a movement dimension either tended to be very early MMOs or um, you know hack and slash things like say Diablo and we called mm. at, least, at least in my experience we called those hack and slash games I didn't call them action RPGs like there's no role playing in Diablo really right mm-hmm. you're just clicking the monsters until the loot explodes out of their bodies it's a loot simulator um right and i i didn't think like oh i would like a the idea of like i could have a final fantasy style story experience but also be really active and mobile and running around fighting things i, I just didn't really I, I didn't i didn't have the words for what that was and so mm-hmm. kingdom hearts definitely felt very new to me now of course at the time at least of what we had access to over here you know, the Tales series was obviously very big in Japan. Uh, I say very big. It, it was a long-running series for many years prior to that, but, I, I you know, at least from my own perception, uh, what Symfo- when did Symphonia come out? Tales of Symphonia was like 2005, maybe, on the GameCube? Uh, 2002? Yeah, it was the GameCube. It was yeah. GameCube. So, like, it was of that era, but that was like, even that was such a huge revelation to people, right? Tales of Symphonia is still one of the most popular Tales games here, in at least in the uh, in the, in the West, because it was like, wow, oh, this is delivering, again, that same vibe that was very rare for us to have. So I think Kingdom Hearts really, like you're saying, it really hit that sweet spot between, oh, you can spec a little bit, you get some of those RPG stats going up, and equipping items has different effects and stuff, but a very responsive action environ- environmental combat kind of thing. In these th- and again, in a, even in a 3D environment, it sounds silly to say, but like we had beat-em-ups and fighting games and stuff, and you know things like Streets of Rage or River City mm-hmm. Ransom or something like that, but those were con- kind of conveyor belt beat 'em up side scrolling. The the three dim- the third dimension was still relatively new at the time, newer than it than it would seem. <laughs> um, yeah, but that that yes. core feel was really unique and fun. But then of mm-hmm. course, it's Final Fantasy yeah, and everything Disney. else. Yeah, like yeah, you have everything else. Like I remember. I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I remember where I was uh, when I saw the first commercial. I was like standing, like I was walking through the living room, and I, I, I stood and stopped because the 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 uh, what's it called, Planet Planet B or Planet, the the remix version of uh, the theme song, uh, was it's like the twenty second commercial mm-hmm. or whatever. Like I, I had to stop and look and. You know, the, the tag is like, you never know who, who you'll run into next. And I was like, I want to know. Like, I want to meet everybody. Like, it's so, <laughs> it was like, whoa. Like, uh, I think, like, they have clips of, like, you summoning Genie and, mm-hmm. and, and and Simba. And I think Winnie the Pooh is even in one of the shots. Yeah. Like, it's just so, like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Right. Um, that, that, we didn't even have a PS2 at that point. Mm. So it was like, okay, well, now I need to, like ask for one yeah like i need to <laughs> somehow get a hold of one mm-hmm. or or like go to best buy and play it at a demo station for a bit like i honestly don't know like our um my dad ended up getting it for us at some point but i don't really know why he did it or what what, the, what convinced him to do it it was just like oh my goodness like this is it yeah. finally <laughs> <laughs> um that really, I guess, also captures a big dimension of it as, I don't know, video game 
video game advertising and video game marketing and the sort of experience you could have, I mean, even having voice acting in games, like full voice acting and like music mm-hmm. with words in it, I, it's ridiculous to say it feels like, mm-hmm. but like, you know, think about the very first Final Fantasy to have voice acting was Final Fantasy X, right? Like a PS2 era game. Oh, sure. Like the idea yeah, of having yeah. a full RPG where the characters are saying, there are voice actors saying words and like giving performances and you have these mm. like full soundtracks with like actual like pop songs in them and not just, I mean, sure. I love I love all the 8 and 16, 32-bit tunes that I grew up on and such, but they are of a specific era and they are not, these like full polyphonic sounds, whereas this is a like, incre- you know, simple and clean. One of the greatest songs ever written. It is a full yeah. like song you can just listen to purely for mm-hmm. its musical qualities, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, oh my god, this is a great song. And, oh my god, there's voice acting in the yeah. game, and like it just felt like a very, a very robust experience. Yeah. At a time when that was some so would argue. That the the Japanese version, uh, original Japanese version, Hikari, is uh, uh, more coherent uh, lyrically and better. Um, some would argue, <laughs> uh, but I have enough nostalgia for that the English one that that's that's the one I'm oh, going sure. to reach for. Look, yeah. if the English version of Simple and Clean comes on and you're not shouting the lyrics along with it, do you have mm-hmm. a pulse? I'm just asking. Like, <laughs> I would be concerned. <laughs> 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 like it so yeah kingdom hearts really struck with it's like this novel mechanics and this engaging a full kind of robust story experience along with those great mechanics right not just oh well i play final fantasy to get the story and the in this and then oh i go play diablo or something to, to click all the things and and get the the constant dopamine mm-hmm. loop of loot right like it's like mechanically sound it's got voice acting and story and music and recognizable characters mm-hmm. and new characters and it's this you you can kill clayton from tarzan <laughs> with your own bare hands you can do this this is something you can do right that's kingdom hearts i think we figured it out yeah that that's really what the kingdom hearts experience is killing clayton uh mm-hmm. but and, and that... instead of letting him kill himself on accident yeah. now no let which me. is yeah um so that's like what a and what a strange um what seemed a mad crossover at the time right square enix and disney like what like (laughs) i'm yeah huh you know um Mm -hmm. and to have it be in the hands of you know square primarily you know so you've got these Disney characters who aren't necessarily acting out of character, but are engaging with worlds and stories that are, you know, within the realm of this kind of like just wild storytelling um, Mm -hmm. was a a profound shift. (laughs) Oh yeah. To put it mildly. Um, So yeah. What, what a strange kind of lightning in a bottle thing that almost, I think feels, um, it feels like it was this impossibly rare thing at the time, and obviously it has continued to exist, so it's not like it didn't happen again, but like the, the, the idea of such a thing crossing over and being so genuine and earnest, I guess, 
feels mm-hmm. very rare because, um, I mean, for one thing, I mean, Disney's never been a small company, but like Disney owns, you know, 80% of the media landscape now uh, and is inescapable. Yeah. And it's not like it was, mm-hmm. it's not like in 2002, it was somehow small potatoes, but it was in a mm-hmm. different, it didn't exist in, in this same space and in the media no, in the same way. Not. Yeah. So for for such a licensing deal to kind of even happen, yeah, you know, and, it was it could only have happened then, really, right? Like, right. That, it was a very specific window for it to to come into existence that specific way. Like, yeah, I mean, if it, if you not to get out of scope here, but it it was kind of insane the kind of things that they tried to implement in in Kingdom Hearts two, which is like they they started folding in some of the live action stuff like. Mm-hmm. like Tron and, and Pirates of the Caribbean, which is like very recent at the time and also very far back. Right. And that was a big, that was like really cool. Like what a cool idea. Mm-hmm. But you know what also worked for, for this one is uh, uh, it was kind of like maybe peak popularity for like a weird, not weird, but um, either uh, the, the culture uh, where, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is like everyone's wearing a Jack Skellington hoodie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that like, 2000s it, hot topic era. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like pro- it was like prime time for that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, th- these are these games are in development for a long time. So it's like uh, it, it for it to sort of line up with that that um, where that would be really uh, like really in the mate in the pop culture. Mm hmm uh like how fortunate like i'm sure it played into it a little bit but like that that's like a how did that line up so well right like right right without being so outrageously counterculture you know it's like you Mm kind of got to have your it's like have your cake and eat it too right like it's just edgy enough just cool enough yeah maybe like sonic in the early 90s right like still an adorable cartoon mascot for a children's video game but just edgy enough to mm-hmm. feel kind of risque but with not being like truly yeah. envelope pushing in, in, in a in a grand sense maybe um no definitely not and it is it is what i guess on that note um in when these things were in their prime in my youth i would have lost it if i saw as much merchandise in stores that they have for both of these things you can go to a gas station and get a sonic plushie now uh, right like it's like, wh- where was this when I was seven, yeah. six and seven, <laughs> when I loved Sonic with all of my heart mm-hmm. and nothing else? Where were, like, for, for a Keyblade or a Sora figure, you had to, like, import it mm-hmm. when when I was 12, 13. And now you can, it's a Target or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What? Right. You can get, you can get the, you can get the ugly Christmas sweater with the Kingdom Hearts heart on it, like. You could just buy that in a store. Sure, of course. Like, why um, couldn't It's still you? Hot Topic, but it's still... You just walk in and buy it. There's no importing needed. They have Keyblades on the wall. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, and, but at the same time, what's so interesting about Kingdom Hearts is, like, as the series has continued, it's really mm. kind of become its own, I guess, island, if you will. Like, it's... Mm. Kingdom Hearts hasn't... You know, f- say Final Fantasy, right, has, has under also undergone a resurgence. And like Final Fantasy mm. 14 is like the biggest MMO in the world, right? And like, oh, it's insane. Like it's I don't. Uh, it's a whole. 
it's a whole subculture right and it's like there are i have friends who quote unquote hate anime stuff but have played and loved final fantasy 14 you know mm-hmm. hundreds of hours no question that kind of thing but like kingdom hearts claimed rpg from <laughs> <laughs> but kingdom hearts still has kind of a rep of being this sort of weird different little thing like i don't mm-hmm. think you would quite have the same sort of um there's always if you mention kingdom hearts there's always going to be an edge of pushback an edge of like oh gosh we're mm. talking about that kitty thing again right so mm. it, ha- it it mm. it was a strange weird kind of subculture side thing on its own back then and i still feel like yeah. it kind of is now a little bit like it right. hasn't really lost yeah. that i mean that the, the, it's a different problem now because mm. there's so much to it now mm. that it's uh it's a challenge to attempt to explain it or people i don't know i don't know if a bit of it's also like an internet meme where it's like it's this inconceivable um completely convoluted thing that you have to like uh have a phd in (laughs) in kingdom hearts (laughs) to understand (laughs) and it's kind of i mean it's it is and it's like uh, i don't know like i played through them i mean i've truly i've really only missed you know aside from like the cell phone games really only missed like one or two Mm. like the the ds game i think and then uh i think that's it actually i'm Mm. I'm pretty sure i've played all of the you know the side ones and the main ones right uh and and it's uh, like there's some some of them felt like they didn't really go anywhere but that's i'm sorry that's like way out once again getting out of scope of this well it's kind of hard to not address that that is a good that is a good transition though because for myself I listened to a lot of Simple and Clean, but I never, I, I couldn't afford the game at the time. I didn't buy it, and it mm. fell off my radar, and life moved on. So I never mm. actually played it until about three months ago. I finally played and beat Kingdom Hearts 1 for the first time. And many right. of the intervening years were spent watching Kingdom Hearts grow into its own side universe thing, kind of parallel to the other. It's like, well, yeah, Square makes it, but like Kingdom Hearts was definitely its own thing aside from yeah. final fantasy and the perception was always i can't get into it it is like i don't know if i have the life and mind space to dedicate to this apparently super complicated you know impossible to deduce thing this this massive mm-hmm. beast i don't know if i can conquer it um so that that perception is very real uh, and the memes yeah. are very real, and it kept me away for a long time. But because they finally put out that collection, I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Why not? I'll try it. And even when I mentioned, sure. hey, I'm going to try these for the first time. I don't really know that much about them. I'm just going to kind of give it a shot. Even then, there was a lot of like, oh no, you know, don't. Yeah. It's too much. You'll you won't be able to handle it. You know, I got a little bit of a little bit of that in the mm. comments, so to speak. And I was like, really? Is it really that much? Mm. And I mean, okay. Short, short answer. After you've you've played through it now, how do you feel? Was it so bad? No, no. I mean, there's definitely like, look, I'm still only really interacting with the very first iteration, right? We're still just talking about the first game. I I know that there's four thousand tie-ins, and the ordering is difficult because they're all named things like, you know, fainting memories. 37.8 37.8 radical nine whatever right like it's impossible to deduce what like do i you, you can't even ask like okay i've played kingdom hearts one do i now play kingdom hearts two and you get 45 different answers 
So well, there's really only one. There's only two. There's only one between one and two. Right. right. But I just mean yes. like but, even but yes. even people's yes. opinions yeah. on whether you go to the second game in the series after playing the first game is a challenging question. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So all that aside, like just taking the first game on its own merits, it's it's fine. Like it's no more confusing or perplexing than really any other kind of like Final Fantasy RPG type thing that I've played, right? Like there's, yeah, there's some stuff where you're like, okay, hold on, you know, wait a minute. But it's not really meant to be highly technical. It's like sometimes you're just going off vibes. You're just going mm. off, you know, music video logic. You're just kind of running with dream logic and you just got to be like, this is what we're doing and I know what we're doing. Like that, that's all that really matters and the game is fine. Like it's it's not that dense really um right at least the first game which may be which may be uh because it's the first game but yeah sure yeah 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 i don't, I don't think any, i don't think uh there's too much to go on I, I think the problem is when they do a bunch of side games and they have to hook it back into everything else mm. or they're 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 explain it's it's the thing where you explain or over explain right things that people didn't really want explanations for right <laughs> so Instead of just moving forward, but I don't know. I guess we'll see whenever you get through those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can, I can see, I can see how a series which is so very heavily reliant on ideas like dreams and kind of feelings and emotions and stuff like that. The more you explain, you know, like the Matrix, right? Like think about the first Matrix film is just perfect, mm-hmm. and then the more they start explaining how the Matrix, like the world and everything works, you're just like, hold on, I'm starting to have more questions yeah. here. Like I'm starting. Yeah, to, the more we to get technical, the more I'm like, yeah, hold on, that, hold on. That's a good a analogy. Yeah, yeah, actually. <laughs> and I think you feel it maybe as soon as you get to two, because there's mm. with chain of memories, there's some stuff that you're like, okay, I kind of get what's happening here, and then when you get to two, it's like, wait, <laughs> wait, hang on. Yeah, yeah hold just on. Just a second. You <laughs> just said something that changes a lot. Um, but uh, I guess to take it back to Kingdom Hearts one. There's a moment in the very beginning that has always stuck with me. And it's supposed to be... It's mm-hmm. one of those things that, like, develops how you'll grow uh, your... I think what you level up or how your stats will end up being. Um, mm-hmm. where, you, where you have to pick a weapon and then you answer a question. Do you remember this? Tedious. Yeah, it's like you pick the shield, the staff, or... It was the sword. The sword, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think what you, I actually now I'm not sure if both of them would do this, but uh, there's a moment on on the island when you're talking to Titus, uh, and he asks you, "I sent you this image. Well, what are you what are you so afraid of? Like this this is just stuck with me forever. Like I don't I don't know why this, this is a formative one of those things that just like." Uh, Mm-hmm. it slaps you in the face <laughs> or if you're yeah or it did for me for some reason and mm-hmm. uh i don't know if my answers changed i don't, I don't now i don't actually don't really remember what i said but just the just the being faced with this question in, in, in at you know 12 or however old i was uh, sure sometime in middle school <laughs> it was like oh yeah a very genuine and direct question at a formative age yeah right like make a primary decision like what do you do and what are you afraid of these are like pretty fr- profound questions to ask anybody but particularly like a young preteen yeah. or teenager it's just like oh you've cut to the core of yeah me. i don't want to stick <laughs> out cut me to the quick I, do i want to get older 
Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. You still, you know, people still wrestle with these questions even even as adults. So it's like, of course, these are, these are yeah. rough for a kid oh, to yeah. answer. <laughs> and not even the, what you know the standard D and D type role playing fair. You know, oh, what region are you from? Mm. Um, you know, what class do you want? These are um, a little more obfuscated, both in a good and a bad way, but in a way that I think is still very enchanting, mm-hmm. right? You know, what, what pick your item doesn't really tell you that much about what they do, and then what are you afraid of, right? Yeah. Are, that's a pretty primal question. That's very different than like, you know, what, what region do you hail from, traveler? Oh, I chose the Woodlands region because it gives me plus two to stealth, right? It's not... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you don't know that this is going to affect you later for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. guess to to lead from there, what what sticks out? I guess what worlds or encounters in the game like really resonated with you, if there were any, like aside from the main story, like what? Well, I, I assume you went into it hmm. not knowing what worlds you were going to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, I. What worlds resonated? I think the one that really jumped out at me, and when I think of Kingdom Hearts One, the things that the two worlds that always I come back to are the, um, the Little Mermaid world, right? Atlantis and um, Atlantis. The yeah, Atlantis and uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas oh, world. Yeah, because of in both of those, mm-hmm. both of those, the party like changes their look. Mm-hmm. Uh, like their models and outfits change when you go to those worlds. Mm-hmm. And it was really, it was so, I was really struck by, I mean, I, I kind of wanted that from the beginning and I was a little sad, like, oh, they just, you know, it's like, oh, the characters are just in the jungle or now we're just in Agrabah. Like it didn't, but like, man, them changing like, oh, you know, a Goofy's a sea turtle yeah. now. Yeah. I, I was just, I was so tickled by yeah the sort of whimsy of it and you know it has no mechanical changes but it's like ah he's a little he's a little turtle this is great i love it i was really struck by how much that those little changes pulled me in it is Um, it is a delight whenever they you go to a world and they end up like looking really different um yes like three has the toy story world and he's made of like legos Mm -hmm. and and he's got like action figure joints and everything and it's like this is so cool like yeah <laughs> yeah that's that, that really those really struck me but i really liked all of them um and, and because so many of them are very classic you know they're from an era when i was still you know i watched lion king in theaters and stuff mm. like that like i i was a kid for those movies so then be like ah you know oh i'm in alice in wonderland and i'm really big or that's I'm really right small. yeah like, mm-hmm. all, all that stuff is still really engaging mm-hmm. um you know, so I, I really liked kind of all of it, but really the ones where they change, uh, change their outfits and looks and everything just really made you feel like couched in that mm-hmm. world. Um, because it is such a specific touch yeah. that that makes you feel like you're really adapting to the worlds that you're going to. I, I love yeah. that. That was like to, to go along with that, that feeling, I think um, learning how to fly in oh. the Peter Pan world is yes. just one of my favorite moments. And I actually, I remember playing through the game quite a bit. Like, I would make a new file and start over. And it was always, like, oh, the part when we fly. Like, that's that's the feeling. And I love, yep. I loved it so much. Like, mm-hmm. the... No, I, I want to say I even, like, 
posted a an image on Twitter when I got to that mm. part, like the whimsy of like the whole party just like flying away together, and I was like, look, I get it, like I get the magic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm experiencing it in real time as an adult in his 30s, and it's like this is the stuff dreams are yeah. made of. Like I yeah. love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, also, um, like but I, when you go through oh, go something that's a thing that also is, uh, um, I don't know if this is. I think this is something that I've heard about the game design where it's kind of it's kind of like going to Disneyland. You're going to a theme park, and you're. You're kind of collecting souvenirs mm-hmm. as you go, or you're dressing up for the right areas. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you get the new keychain after you've completed a world, and it it modifies your uh, your keyblade, yes. like that was such a cool. Like you're like, oh, I liked it, and I brought the thing with me. Like that that was mm-hmm. into the next place, and it's got advantages that the other one doesn't have, or it's got. It's not super yep. crunchy, but it's different enough uh, where y- you could have a favorite, right? And then you get and then Absolutely. you get oblivion and it's all over. Like, <laughs> it's, obliv- it's just it's just a great keyblade. What are you gonna do? You have oblivion now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but the the different key keyblade looks and everything. Yeah, you, you're totally right. It replicates that theme park experience, mm-hmm. and um, it just they look so great. We can, I guess, we can talk about the keyblade designs a little bit later, yeah. but or maybe now is a good time. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the the whole the vibe of the game. It, it definitely the the whimsy comes across and that it like i feel like i get to go to these places not that i have to go to these mm-hmm, places mm-hmm. um i feel like i get to visit yeah. you know such and such world i get to go um you know to the the tarzan world or whatever like it it felt like a trip yes as opposed to these like oh well i gotta go check this box and go to this place and get this MacGuffin. like it didn't yeah. the game and- manages to very expertly keep you in that fiction. and it's a choice right like when you after your first world you get to go can i go here or can i go there like you have to pick which one you're going to right mm-hmm. and then and then it, it continues on if you and i think you don't have to clear them all but if you uh, it, if i remember it kind of like it bends out or it forks and then it it, it, mm-hmm. it joins and then it forks like you you get to keep picking or at some point you end up at monstro or something right right yeah. yeah, you and the the world designs are just unique enough and interesting enough. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing them on the map is fun, and the even though the um, the uh, so so the the gummy mm-hmm. ship, right? The gummies are such an interesting, strange little mini game. Mm-hmm. You know, this sort of on rail Star Fox like shooter <laughs> that also has this full custom building shop yeah. thing in it, where you're like. And it's not just, oh, you're equipping gear. You're, like, literally, like, building the shape of the ship like you would a toy, like Legos. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that is your... You add the guns, and the guns are angled different ways. You add the body to it, and that has different abilities. Mm -hmm. There's, like, special effects and all this other... Yeah, it's it's a... Yeah, there's, there's... Surprisingly complex for... Yeah, way more complex than I expected. I'm like, oh, Chippendale are here. They're gonna tell me about the three things I can do in this, and then I realize, oh my god, this is the most complex thing. <laughs> this is more complex than a yeah. lot of modern RPGs because, like, positioning oh, matters. Yeah. Like, where you put the gun or what have you, or do you have enough, you know, brick parts to do this? It's like, man, this is this is actually really involved. I was sweating a couple times. Like, how do I make this do? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. 
somehow more complex than just like, oh, I equip the plus three sword because that's better than the plus two sword, yeah. right? <laughs> and who who knew Chippendale had such challenges <laughs> uh, up their sleeves? Um, but what is what an interesting way to like because uh, the the traveling between important locations and like uh, the the sort of like you know random encounter model is one way to make the journey seem precarious and different from the location. Mm -hmm. But this like on-rail shooter thing, you know, I don't know if the outside consideration was this is a way to hide loading screens or something, Mm. um, which it very well could be. (laughs) But what an interesting way to to handle that. And then like, is diegetically the right word here? It's it's weird to think about the... um, so it's like a spaceship. So are you going to other planets, or is it actually like, right. is it a metaphysical space between the world? You know what I mean? Like, there's something like, right? It's like it's, are it's, you just dreaming and transporting your spirit, and or are you like physically going somewhere? Like even that. Yeah. Like, questions. are you going through dimensions, or is it actually like, you're, you're? It seems like people can't normally do this. You can't just normally go from planet tarzan to planet aladdin like <laughs> oh bro i do that all the time oh, yeah you know? come yeah. on man we're all we're all doing that all oh the time. man i've been missing out <laughs> no uh, but i guess on that note um how uh how much of a how do you feel i guess about the coliseum like i, I think i was a little bit mixed like you go to oh i love hercules hercules is great you get to hercules and it's the arena like the arena like what else would be the arena i guess but then like weren't i guess i was feeling excited to explore and see hercules's world but then finding Mm. out it is the arena and it's a good arena i played the hell out of that arena (laughs) yeah i think uh see that's a weird thing i think if i had if, if i had experienced it when I was younger, I would have felt that same disappointment. Mm. But now that I'm, I guess, older, I don't mean mature-wise, but just, like, having, again, played through a bunch of Dragon Quest games where it's like, oh, there's always some, like, side arena mm-hmm. thing where you go and you can you test yourself throughout the course of the mm-hmm. game and pick up cool items that maybe you couldn't get elsewhere. And it's, like, a sort of static location but escalating challenge thing. Like, that's just a feature in a lot of sure. RPGs. Oh, it makes sense for it to be Hercules. So I was just like, ah, okay, this is where the arena is. And I was just so tickled by the, like, there's Hercules, right? In all of his, uh, you know, American hand-drawn animated glory. And then there is the, like, somehow he's standing right next to Cloud Strike, (laughs) who has, who has become even edgier. Somehow Cloud Strike, which was already such an edgy, like spiky, anime boy design yeah. namura just just slathered on two more gallons of that edgy boy paint i'm like he has even more buckles and straps and belts so like that juxtaposition he's got he's I got think, a like a bandage on his blade like yeah. what is that for what is that doing <laughs> that is incredible okay that's just it's incredible the srb said like, that blade is too sharp put a band-aid on it <laughs> wrap is that it the, what do they call it the safety bonding or whatever for when you're a con <laughs> That's to show that it's like not a real weapon. Uh-huh. Um, no, like it, <laughs> it's like he's, he, he's somehow more deviant art than ever yeah. before. But also, uh, it's so sick. It's so cool. Okay, it's, it's the coolest. So cool. And, yeah. 
it's amazing to see these two like i think that's the most kingdom hearts sure uh realm to me the most kingdom hearts island because you've got hercules and an even more nomura cloud strife and they're in the same room and you're like i don't like not to be like the smash brothers meme but like i cannot believe these two characters are in the same game and i'm like there's a cutscene with them or something like what is happening and yet it's still it just kind of works like it just the game never the game is very earnest and genuine it never rolls its eyes and goes like oh my god it's ridiculous that we're doing this it just leans all the way in with zero cynicism and just you're just there with them you're right there with them (laughs) yeah uh which is a pretty incredible feat i think i guess that's one thing that i have noticed um and this is this is both a commentary on the first kingdom hearts but also gaming in general so much of what i have experienced here lately the more i play modern games it's not that they are not feature rich or that you know there's the thing about oh it's all behind dlc or oh it's all you know whatever and it's not all that like that's clearly a whole discussion to have but it feels like the rpg model of progression of filling bars and gaining levels and assigning points Mm -hmm it is a very effective framework for doing things, Mm -hmm. but so it has become so utilized in so many different ways. And they do technically work, but like the sort of aggregate feel is that everything I'm doing is some kind of progression, like some kind of like vertical progression where I fill a bar and I get a boost and I apply it somewhere. Like everything, nothing feels like a mini game. Nothing feels like a side hobby. It is all progression and it's just 45 vectors of progression that all feed into you know my power or whatever there's a lot of things in kingdom hearts that like like many older games right like these just like strange the the gummy ship mini game you don't really have to interact with it Mm -hmm. like not really like it is yeah you have to fly around and avoid stuff and you need to put a couple of guns on there just to kind of clear some of the harder runs (laughs) but there's no like there's no progression based on the gummy ship that influences the rest of the game. So if you don't progress there, you're locked out of the game. Or the, the, uh, so many weird side, strange little activities and things to explore and do that just feel like their own little thing. Yeah. They serve no other purpose. <laughs> you know? Um, there's no, uh, There's no like, oh, well, if you wanted to progress in that, you should have been doing the farming thing mini game yeah that gives you umpty ump stat points or whatever so that you can then do that it's just like there's just weird random who, ideas who, that... who told you about the umpty umps sorry that's not you know, <laughs> that's not Kingdom alert. hearts uh that's not <laughs> nine point b enhanced mm-hmm. uh you can definitely progress no uh <laughs> there are just these weird vestigial little things like there's just you know alleyways that don't go anywhere you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and there's something kind of refreshing about that it is a messier game that is not it's not all perfectly entwined and perfectly done there's just weird stuff Mm -hmm. in it you gotta gotta find experimental find all the dalmatians if you so choose and you'll get a little thing for it there there's but it's just fun to find the puppies yeah "Ah, Yeah. (laughs) yeah you were already doing that don't tell me you didn't look yeah. through all of like every corner of Halloween Town. Don't <laughs> lie to me. Yeah. So, 
yeah, it, it, it doesn't feel like I'm constantly, you know, filling. And maybe this is another aspect of playing Kingdom Hearts 1 again felt very refreshing. Mm-hmm. In a, Like, I understand why you have, in modern games, you've got character bonds and side discussions you can have and the cut scenes, and they work better together. And it, it is nice to have a mechanical emphasis on these factors that aren't related to just equipment, right? Like, oh, I, I, I talk with my friend over here and our bonds are better so we can do a team attack now that is fun don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong that said there is something to be said for like sora and goofy and donald growing together as characters and watching their bonds grow stronger watching their friendship grow stronger and feeling connected to them in just like an authentic way yeah yeah it's not like oh you didn't go talk to goofy 19 times and give him 45 gumdrops to up his heart meter with you well, of course you can't unlock the cool. Like, no, it's, I just watch them grow as friends. And I'm like, they're friends. Their sweet children are all friends. Yeah. And it just, it feels right to just watch that happen with no mechanical anything involved. Mm-hmm. It's just pure good feelings and story. Mm-hmm. Just if, if Donald would just heal me when I needed him to heal me, then I would be a little less mad about it. But I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we we do need to talk about. So, how do you feel about the whole like? Because I guess this was something of that era, right? Mm. And it still kind of is, but the sort of like assigning AI to using the items at certain points. Did, I never quite got that to work. I'm kind of curious how you feel about that system. Um, that I remember like when it didn't work was the sign that I needed to go level up, or that I was probably skipping mm. too. I mean, I probably it didn't happen that often. But if it was a boss mm-hmm. fight that I thought was too tough, it probably, I I was more, less likely to blame it on skill after, but then after maybe a couple of tries, I, I think I remember having a tough time with the, that, that empty armor heartless in Traverse Town. Oh, yep. I, know I, I remember struggling about. with that Quen a bit. Um... Mm. I don't know if there were or which one which other ones were really stuck to me um but i think it was also like learning the language of the game to like what what things you were able to do uh, like mm-hmm. once i realized that the the block thing was actually worthwhile because it could actually like reflect where you get that like little technical point experience from doing mm-hmm. it um yeah when you when you hit an attack at the same time an enemy does. yeah yeah or like uh you can reflect um like projectile weapons if you block at the right time um, mm-hmm. stuff stuff mm-hmm. like that um the and i have to say that that uh that system where like you attack at the same time as an enemy and you like get xp off of that mm-hmm. for teching what an interesting mechanic mm-hmm. i think of all the like you know we're talking a lot about story and feelings and vibes but of all the like raw naked mechanics in the game yeah. that's the one i find the most interesting cuz it's like you don't really have to know it yeah. but if you learn the timing yeah. it it's like you know you 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 farm little enemies for xp all the time in these styles of games but that also rewards a level of execution and enemy knowledge mm-hmm. that's that was really satisfying <laughs> yeah yeah i remember this is one of those insane like game facts message boards things um mm. i remember at the time somebody would challenge themselves to uh reach level 99 before leaving destiny islands and then just steamroll the rest of the game 
Like which the is like, first island? Yeah, because what you could do is oh uh, you could fight, you think, either Waka or Titus over and over. And if you reflected their attack or if you did, if you teched them, you would get like one or two. I think it was like one point experience for doing it and then two for maybe Waka's um, oh, the volleyball, the volleyball thing? thing. Yeah, something like oh that. My God. Some crazy, some crazy stuff like if you were able to actually pull that off uh <laughs> volleyballing my way to killing god yeah basically yeah <laughs> so the, i remember something crazy like that like the fact that uh, the fact that somebody would go out of their way to do that but also the fact that you could do that if you really mm-hmm. really really wanted to like mm-hmm. yeah i don't know how long that that must have taken but <laughs> that was yeah that, that's like a lifelong project like every day you come home and and just tech volleyball for an hour mm-hmm. and save and then come back and do it again tomorrow yeah. <laughs> yeah um but that's a that that like tacking off the attack thing is a really for a game that is on its surface incredibly simple mm-hmm. that's a very brilliant mechanic for encouraging people to do more than just button mash mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, in, you know, don't just cast all your big spells and swing all your swords all the time. Like, if you learn the attacks, the game will reward you for learning the mechanics, even if it doesn't necessarily punish you all the time for not learning them. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good place to be, I think, for a game as um, as simple and, cl- and clean. I'm going to keep falling back into that. <laughs> and a game that is, you know, by, by modern standards, right, if I compare it to something like tales of arise right this brand new action rpg game that i'm playing that has just system after system after system after system and attack after you know there's four or five different kinds of special attacks you can do for certain situations and each character has multiples and they have certain properties that's a very complex game right you're basically learning a fighting game at that point um kingdom hearts is not that complex but Mm -hmm. to have those little mechanics like that that encourage mastery without punishing you for not knowing it and making it very light on explanation Mm -hmm. like your sword hits a little heartless attack and it texts and gives you a pip immediately you know as a player oh if i learn their attacks and their their uh the timing i'll be rewarded for that Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. very simple you know kind of teaching that to to the player i think that's pretty brilliant design really and then um i think this is one of the first times that i saw like the changing character portrait so like whenever you took damage i think he has like an ouch and then when you're low on health, he's kind of sad and like looking down. Um, ah, yes, the, the the Doom model, right? Yeah, the Doom guy. Yes, yes, actually, got no, that, bummed out that, and bloodied. As... That would have been that would have been the other one, but I think this one left a big impression on me at the at the time. I don't mm. I don't know how mm-hmm. how often I was seeing I was experiencing it. Um, and that that wonderful siren noise when you don't have a lot of HP. <laughs> it's still still in my head. It's still in there. <laughs> I still have the nightmares. Yeah. Um, how do you uh, how do you feel about the heartless designs just generally? Um, probably some of the best ones were in one. Like I think that's just mm-hmm. how it is. Like they they leave a much bigger impression, and I think there was a promise of like cooler things. In two, I think they actually had uh, really solid ones there too. Like they they built on some of the basic the basic shadow got kind of scarier, and the the mm-hmm. the I can't remember the name of the one, but the one that like eats the world when uh he eats up destiny islands with you and kind of sucks you into a black hole throws you into a black hole mm-hmm. afterwards um that 
uh, largely, I feel like, were the most sound in this, because you have, like, uh, you have, like, the big guys that you can't attack from the front, you have the little ones that are always casting magic on you and, like, killing you because you're not paying attention to that, like, <laughs> um, and then, like, yep. the way they implemented, um, the, some of the enemies, like, from, oh, gosh, I can't remember the examples off the top of my head, but just, like, they filled the world, worlds that did that weren't filled with monsters, with monsters in a way that suited the environment that they were in, and I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool. And that mm-hmm. it, it it it's one of those designs that makes you look at other things and go, "That's a heartless," like, you know, right? Precisely. Yeah. yeah. And the 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 core heartless, that basic little heartless design. Yeah. This little this little gremlin guy. Yeah. This little inky gremlin guy who sometimes wears a hat, or sometimes you know holds a has a has a funny oh, stick. Oh yeah, I love right? that like, rag like that ragdoll run when they first get like little armor pieces and you hear the little clatter as they. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. yeah. It's very very, uh, very solid, very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a great way. It's a really great design and it's very flexible, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, of of applying it to different settings or different you know what have you. I, I think it's a really great little enemies um mm-hmm. the only ones that were super frustrating i guess some sometimes the hit detection was obviously kind of funny particularly on the the big there were like the really large kind of rotund guys yeah those are the ones that you, really wanted you to get. had to get behind right or yeah, use magic like sometimes i think magic worked on them i think magic worked on them also so you, if you couldn't get behind mm-hmm. them, then you could cast the spell right Right, particularly once you got what was the the gravity spell that oh. would just flatten them. I, lo- yes. I really loved casting. That yeah, one. <laughs> that one's really fun. I like that one a lot. That's another thing. Uh, such an early three D era feel, mm-hmm. but the very to like scale it cartoonish. Down. Yeah, and the very like cartoonish reaction. Something like literally flattening them with gravity or something like that was always. It felt very visceral mm-hmm. uh, and responsive in that kind of gooey classic. Uh, you know, American animation style, uh, which was good. I think it was a good kind of responsiveness to have to the character designs. Yeah. Somehow it added impact, even though you're just sort of bopping them and making them fall over. Those big exaggerated movements just felt great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Did you really use... I didn't really use the summons all that much. The, like, summoning friend aspect. Not, I didn't really use that. Not a lot. I remember a couple of times I felt like I was in a pinch. I think... didn't Doesn't it use up your whole magic bar? Yeah, that's kind of why I didn't do it a lot. Yeah. Because I... I, <laughs> I um, More than anything, I wanted to be able to heal, like, when I needed to heal. So I think I tended mm-hmm. to avoid the summons. Like, as cool as they were, I remember really liking them. Uh, and it was exciting to get a new one. I would say that I more often just didn't do it uh, mm-hmm. in the interest of being able to have an extra heal when I needed it. Because that was I was more likely to get into a situation where my health was going to be low. Like Right. It's like you needed it for the heal or you really wanted to use your magic for, at least in my experience, the, what was that one spell that made you really hard to damage or impervious damage arrow or something mm, like yeah yeah the, the air like shield the wind yeah. thing mm-hmm. wind yeah like that or healing yeah. it's like i was constantly casting those so i could carry on about my business while fighting yeah and it's like those things used up your whole bar it's like yeah my experience was get a new summon 
go back to Traverse Town, try it, out. rest, yeah. walk into an alley where I could like right outside of where I rested, cast it once, be like, oh cool, it does that, and then just walk back in and rest. Oh and Dumbo, I remember Dumbo. Okay, bye Dumbo. Like yeah, see, see you never. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the last time we shall meet. Yep. <laughs> Unless it was there's a few that healed. I think maybe there was one that I he, that would heal that I used for, but it's oh I know. Hold on, it's um. Was it Tinkerbell? Yeah, it was It was Tinkerbell. Oh, okay. Kingdom Hearts 1. Got it. She would periodically heal the whole party. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, I think that's one that... I'm pretty sure that's one I would use. But yeah, not yeah. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot of summoning otherwise. Especially since items were so expensive. Yes. And at least in my experience, equipping them, no matter what it seemed like I tried to do, if I equipped them to Donald and Goofy, they were going to burn through them. Yes. <laughs> They, they loved using my items. Like, like y'all don't pay the bills around here. I pay the bills. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, y'all just throw in elixirs around. We can't have that. <laughs> Put them away before I take them away. <laughs> yeah, do not make me pull this gummy ship over. Mm-hmm. I swear. So Tinkerbell was behaved because she didn't use items but could give you that healing support. <laughs> that was my experience. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so it there's so many little factors, and I guess that was the one thing that probably surprised me the most is that when I think of Final Fantasy, perhaps one of the only constants I think of is summons being really amazing cutscenes mm-hmm. that also were super impactful and important for battle, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you know, using Knights of the Round or something on Sephiroth, right? Like it's like critical to use you know Bahamut to to clear an enemy wave or something, and it also looked cool. I was surprised at how little I used the summons. Mm-hmm. Um, that made it feel not like a Final Fantasy game in a good way to some degree, but you know I'm used to like I gotta have be ready to cast the same cutscene five or six times. Um, though it did make the cutscenes for the summons feel special because I didn't see them very often. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, hmm. Whereas I know you know playing through seven and nine again recently, it's like oh god, I'm gonna watch Bahamut do his thing again today you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh you're flying into outer you know or got the hardest part of the sephiroth fight is watching him do his like armageddon cutscene. i'm just like oh my god just do the damage man stop yeah <laughs> this is the just, fourth just time just stab me just stab me already yeah. <laughs> please <laughs> yeah so it, it does make them feel a little more special because they are kind of rare so Keyblade design. I want to talk about the Keyblade too. Okay. Um, I, I guess I have this. This is my pet theory, and it, it, it talks about Keyblades and character designs at the same time. So obviously uh, Tetsuya Nomura is director here for this game, and obviously big influence on the character designs, and he also did the character designs for Seven. I feel like, this is my theory, I feel like his character designs are so distinctive and so different. They basically create these like offshoot fandoms. Like, there are people who, for example, are pretty much... You could be a fan of just Final Fantasy VII, right? It's like there's this whole ecosystem of games and and stuff. Like, you don't even have to interact with any of the other Final Fantasies. Kingdom Hearts is almost the same thing, right? Like, this Nomura look and feel, it's like... It becomes its own side thing almost completely apart from the rest of whatever's going on in Final Fantasy, Mm. right? Mm-hmm. And these other Square Enix titles. And I think the Keyblades are part of that too. In the same way that like Cloud's Buster Sword, which, you know, it's guts and all that. But like Cloud's Buster Sword and his look, so distinct. It captures you right away. 
Sora running around in his baggy pants with his big floppy yellow shoes and that keyblade. <laughs> like, what else looks like that? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Even, even to this day. Even uh, Riku's like weird thing, like with the little bat wing, like that. There's mm-hmm. there's like almost too much going on with it. Right. Like, yeah. It doesn't. It just doesn't hit. Although I think a piece of that ends up becoming Oblivion later, maybe. Uh, but yeah, you might be right there. Yeah, but the um, but the keyblade, yeah, the keyblade. Like it's yeah, so iconic. It's and a you key. Literally, you it's can't... a giant key. <laughs> it, uh, and it when feels, you pick up a I mean, key that's... that looks even remotely like it, you think keyblade. Like that's uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like inseparable association, mm-hmm. and you could never. It's such an iconic design. Like imagine trying to do a keyblade in any other piece of media. Yeah. You just couldn't no. do it, right? Forget like it. you're yeah. just like, oh. That's Kingdom Hearts. That's Kingdom Hearts reference, right? There, there's no escaping it. Yeah. And what a as someone who was a latchkey kid, uh what a what a whimsical child thing to do is to like to have a key, which is something kids do interact with in their kind of daily lives, and make it bigger. Mm. Right? This is part of the kind of almost Alice in Wonderland type fantasy element here, right? Taking these common items and making them strange and magical by increasing the size or decreasing the size, right? Like, what if a key was big enough to be a sword? It's it's kind of childish and silly, but like, what a distinctive look. What a unique feel that it gives. And then like, not only that, each of the successive keyblades that you pick up are such great fantasy sword designs. All the keyblades look amazing. Yeah, I love every single one of them. There's not a single one I don't like. Mm-hmm. Like what a just just brilliant, brilliant design I'm work. Really racking my brain to think if there were any that I actually didn't like, but I don't think so. I, I think one that you stick with, or at least I remember sticking with for a long time before I got Oblivion, was the one you get from Hol- Halloween Town. Yep. Uh, I don't remember what they're called now, but yes, yeah. I also use that one. For it might have been called like Jacko or Pumpkin or something. I, don't know, I think. remember it being kind of a spooky one. Spoopy Blade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't remember changing them all that much. It felt like it was a pretty good balance too of like number of them. Mm-hmm. Like there were just enough that you you got the sense of like, oh, I'm going to be getting a, a few of these throughout the game and. There's probably some special ones to find, but it wasn't like you weren't rotating through them super quickly. You weren't like, oh, next one, next one, next one, next one. Like there was a, a pretty good spacing in terms of, of how often you got these new blades. You really did get a chance to kind of get comfortable with them and like get used to seeing Sora running around with them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess speaking on uh, Donald and Goofy and all that, like um, how do we feel about them? Like, Donald and Goofy particularly as RPG characters and Sora too. Um, but I guess Donald and Goofy are so interesting because they existed right before, <laughs> before being Kingdom Hearts characters. Like, how do we feel about that? Like, does it work? Does it land? I think I, Hmm. I remember being really, uh, excited by their designs like mm-hmm. there was it was such a like a it's kind of casual wear like it's definitely a step above like fancy pants stuff that they would wear uh mm-hmm. uh like it's not 
it's not formal wear, but it's almost like a street wear kind of a look while also being fantasy fantasy adjacent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, goofy in the pants. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like his his right. It, the, I think they're they're cargo pants or something. He made cargo pants. It's like Renfair cool. punk. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, because even Donald is kind of like his cap is kind of like the Samuel Jackson hat while also being a wizard right. hat at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's something magical to it. Something right. Yeah. Just just askew enough. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, uh, personally, I really fell in love with the way the group kind of comes together by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, like I wouldn't say that Donald and Goofy are necessarily, I mean, they're really three dimensional, but they're not really three dimensional characters per se. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're just trying to get Mickey back. Yeah. They went out uh, to find the king. The king. Mm-hmm. Right. They're trying to find the king and they're, and they're along with Sora and like Sora is going through revelations and discovery, mm-hmm. but like Donald and Goofy aren't really ch- like you don't get like at least in the first one you don't have like here's the arc where we delve into Goofy's tragic past. Right, they don't really do anything like no. that. No, they're 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 very static as characters throughout. Yeah, but by the end, the way they kind of come together, like you really do feel like they've become friends. Like. They've become friends, right? It's, yeah. it's Sora is living that kind of ultimate dream. Like you're becoming friends with all the cartoon characters you loved as a kid. Yeah. They're like, yes, they are friends. Come on like, out, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Game Master Anthony. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. It's it's really great. I, I think it's it's quite uh and I think that actually adds to part of the timelessness of it. Like because you don't really like there's no attempt at like you know, quote unquote, updating Donald and Goofy, at least in this first installment, right? Like there's no, I I can't speak for the future, Mm. but there's no like, okay, we're going to give them all this new lore and all this new, like, I'm going to say with them, it doesn't, it never really happens. Like they don't really get into Right. And that's, I think that's a smart move because it's like, they can just kind of exist as these like iconic characters while the lead goes on the real emotional journey. Mm -hmm. And, it, I think it's great. Like, I, you know, it, it's not like at some point you're like, oh, I hate what they did with, mm-hmm. you know, Donald and the such and such arc. They really changed who he is as a character, you know, or like, oh, I can't believe he's not really the boy's uncle. They're all like, you know, genetic clones of him raised in an evil fight man laboratory. Like, you don't, they don't do any of that kind of stuff no, with them no. that you might do with another RPG supporting character. And I think that's a pretty smart call yeah. on the whole. Yeah, I agree. And I'm sure there's some element of a very like cynical, protect the IP, don't do anything too dangerous. Yeah, with yeah. These iconic characters, but I also think it's just a wise decision because they are them. They're not really. I don't know if I want to like you know, well, gosh, you know, when the factory shut down, like I, I, don't <laughs> know if I really want yeah that no. you know, like I don't know if I want Barrett's backstory, but for Goofy, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just. I think that would be too much. Right. No, it's it is. Uh, they know their audience, I guess, for for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I'm curious. Uh. Since I, uh, you obviously played it around with other. Uh. I'm sure other people in your life played it as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Did kind of what was the what was the general feel or vibe? I guess around the series, 
in your experience? Um, I, I can only think of positive things. I can't really think of anything negative at the mm. time. I think a lot of that came later, probably after two. Um, mm. Because it, it, in the moment it was like, oh, this is, you know, it was here's one. This is a really cool, exciting thing. And the ending is open. Anything can happen. There's even like a secret movie if you do all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. uh, or if you look online, there's a secret movie that's in the the updated Japanese release. Um, right. So it was really like, you know, like theory or, or even like just, um, oh, did you beat all the secret bosses? You know, it was all the secret bosses. You know, this is this is a, right. a time when. Like internet rumors around games that don't get updated was static. Like, it, it mm-hmm. was sort of a prime time for that kind of thing too. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was an exciting, weird thing, and also maybe we were all at the time all were looking for other things that were similar to it because that's how I ended up on like Fantasy Star Online and um, mm. other um action rpgs are just like trying to find this feeling and asking other people for things that were like it or similar to it because it was so like that was my first ps2 i didn't even have a playstation like Mm. looking for that experience chasing chasing that uh chasing that dragon or chasing that unicorn yeah right (laughs) like yeah yeah no no that totally makes sense magical yeah um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mm-hmm um did you beat it on proud mode or whatever the hard mode was oh i gotta go back and do that now like (laughs) did you find the secret boss whose name is apparently uh, a fan name like given because of some contest (laughs) trivia yeah exchanging trivia like oh did you know that lance bass voiced sephiroth in kingdom hearts (laughs) one it's really odd stuff that ends up being true uh right yeah it's like he didn't even say anything what did he record (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that i guess that because of the weirdness of and the sort of novelty of it all yeah it did feel like there was a lot of possibility there in terms of just like anything could be true yeah right like you can't discount any rumor no matter how ridiculous if you go to the clock and you think death comes out and you have to fight it it's like a super hard boss that kills you instantly like what (laughs) yeah that's the thing you know like What a what a strange and weird, wonderful time. Yeah, yeah. Those and schoolyard rumors and such. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I would say it's excitement and anticipation because it felt like more was coming. It was just a matter of when. Little did mm-hmm. we know how uh, wide that birth would end up being. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And again, like many of of, of similar uh, dream logic, but infinitely expanding universes. The further out you get, the more divisive mm-hmm. it all gets because, again, you start to try to fill in blanks that maybe were best left unfilled mm-hmm. or the the sheer amount of, you know, a part of what makes a music video work and music video logic work is it's just three to five minutes of vibes. Mm-hmm. If you extend that out to maybe a 90-minute movie of vibes, it may not work as well, right? Like that that's yeah. the kind of pressure you get under. The more you just kind of run with dream logic, it's like people start to yearn for a little more structure mm-hmm. and you ina- inevitably start to alienate or close off possibilities and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I so I'm curious. I'm I'm curious to see how my feelings will go as I as I play the future entries, because um, I do intend to play them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this will be an excellent update whenever you get through them. Have to yeah, do a sequel, I, sequel video like, once as you're a, through it. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to revisit. But like as a as a singular entry, like as a game I have played. Yeah. Um, I've pretty much loved it top to bottom. I yeah. was really sure. I was really surprised at how positive my reaction was to pretty much every aspect of the game like the mechanics mm-hmm. the visuals the the overall kind of plot and and like feelings that like it's all there like it's such a great wonderful game yeah um the, and, the, and i was also like i don't oh, think sorry, we, we really got into the, the 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 plot of it which we don't necessarily have to but the I, I feel like they gave you sort of just enough every time you cleared a world to make you want to go a little bit further and see, like, mm. what, what happened with Riku? What happened with Kyrie? Where did they go? And how do I meet them again? Like, that was... Mm-hmm. And then when mm-hmm. you finally do, it's only for a moment that they're all together in the same spot. Like, it, right. it's so fleeting and it's a little bit sad. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I remember just watching the ending movie over and over. Like... Oh, absolutely. Just because of how, like, no, like, they were... They were so close, but now, like, mm-hmm. why? Just jump over. I was like, jump over. Like, you don't need to. <laughs> it's right there. Where are you going? <laughs> you know? Like, the. the... And what a powerful adolescent emotion, right? You yeah. know, mm-hmm. kids growing up together, but then growing apart mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. just indescribable reasons, right? Because yeah, like, I know. I, I distinctly remember my sixth grade year. Like, I was. In elementary school, I had lots of friends, mm. and I didn't really think in terms of popular or not popular. I just had lots of friends in elementary school, mm. and then middle school hit, and suddenly people who I was friends with literally like over the summer before sixth grade, like suddenly there were all these new concerns, like how do you dress and having cynical attitudes, and like there were people who just were like mean to me now, and I was just like, well, we're not friends. I thought we were friends, mm. you know, like sudden this sudden like growth and change and adolescence like like what's happening why are we all suddenly so different of course you know now knowing hormones just exploding and making people act in very new ways as they struggle to deal with their body undergoing changes but like yeah that transition from just sort of easy childhood life we're playing volleyball on the island to like for some reason we're enemies now yeah and like there's a rift between us and none of us know why but the music video logic will will piece it all together and you just you get it mm-hmm. you understand mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, I I feel like it's a really great, strong first entry. Like it does not surprise me one bit mm-hmm. that this caught fire. Oh yeah, and that they made a million sequels, and that it is still. Yeah, still there's a, a new. There's four is coming out at some point. Like, uh, yeah, like yeah, <laughs> of like we've of seen course. a teaser for four. You know, <laughs> like right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and I'm I'm excited to to play the rest. I, I of course maybe I'm going to run into a thousand brick walls, but uh, I want to see more of what the the franchise has for me. Like I want to see what happens to these kiddos. I care. I'm yeah. invested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also uh, one other I guess weird comment I have is I'm very very shocked. Like to me, hmm. or, I I am not one of the. Uh, movers and shakers at Disney Corporation, but um, it feels like Sora is like painfully underused uh, for for a, for a company that merchandises. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. 
Um, like, I, I only I very recently have I seen like actual Kingdom Hearts merchandise at Disneyland, which is yeah. which is like, why did it take so long? <laughs> like, yeah, it feels so strange. Like this thing is, you know, it could there's be a definitely like thing. I don't know, I don't know how that stuff works out. I guess, I, but it feels like it would be such an easy layup for them. Like you know, for example, there's like a whole like Disney adult demographic, right? Like we just oh, yeah. all know it exists, and they market to them. Yeah. Using the same characters and same like they they design things just for them, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the returns on that are different than when you're designing something for like literal toddlers. Mm-hmm. But like that's a market they're gonna tap that market, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel like this like slightly edgy but still very safe thing that is Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, like it feels like yeah. I'm sure the returns are different than doing like literal you know teething toys or whatever or like toys for young children, but I'm sure that it feels like this is such a like you you think we would see even if you saw a tenth of the merchandise for one of their like B string characters there'd still be like a metric ton more yeah of stuff to interact with than what we have now sure yeah I'm very I'm very shocked by that obviously the games continue but it is very strange hmm. so do we want to get to our Twitter questions yes let's do it okay okay. So let me pop over here. Let's see if Twitter is still functional. Oh, the site does appear to still be working for now. For now. I couldn't for watch now. the trailer for Milf Island, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, rude. Um, <laughs> the one trailer I wanted to see for 2022, <laughs> and I can't. <laughs> what? What a. <laughs> I cannot believe that's a real thing because it sounds like such a fake thing. I can, but it's um, TLC, so what are you gonna do? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so from our good buddy Lucas, um, massive brain question: mm-hmm. Red Thirteen and Simba enter a cage match. Who leaves victorious? Uh, which Simba are we talking? Are we talking like Simba in his prime, like post Hakuna Matata Simba, <laughs> post Hakuna Matata arc. Uh, post time skip, quite literally. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it would have to be right. We're talking about. I don't know would if they... Simba is that bloodthirsty. Uh, if you didn't kill his dad, so yeah. See, I guess that's the thing, right? Because like that's it's probably it's Red Thirteen. I think it's Red Thirteen. Yeah, Red Thirteen. Red Thirteen probably wins. I think if Red Thirteen. Red had helped got... Scar orchestrate the death of Mufasa, I yeah. think Simba would probably take it. Right, yeah. But if he's not, then it's like... Red, Red 13 has no reason to hold back. Like, Yeah. Plus, Red 13 can equip Materia. Uh-huh. Simba, yeah. Simba Simba's cannot. a summon. Simba is a summon. Yes, Simba. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think we know, we know which one is... <laughs> Red 13 can summon, like... Ifrit yeah. <laughs> and like Bahamut mm-hmm. theoretically really anything yeah. whereas Simba himself must be summoned uh, it's... but I guess the flip side of that mm-hmm. is that Simba has much better hair um, he has wow. a glorious powerful mane uh-huh. Red 13's looking a little scraggly I mean it's all the protein from fault. the bugs that's that's what it is <laughs> the that's the ch- it's chitinous <laughs> His chitinous lion's mane. Uh-huh. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. And I guess, I guess we also have to factor in the potential because, like, there's that. What's that other little show? 
it's like there's like a Lion King Lion Guard, I think. Oh, where they uh-huh. have like a little. There's like new powers and stuff there. Oh, I, of it with I, like I, nephews and nieces. So yeah, like maybe I seen it. It depends on how much of the expanded universe we pull in here, right? <laughs> sure, I guess. <laughs> but I, I think, on you know, flip a coin. I think I think this is like an eight-two matchup for Red Thirteen. Sure. Right? Like I think he takes it more times than he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, and his peanut brain question. Uh, how essential is Disney to this project? Do you guys think a version of Kingdom Hearts 1 with a similar story and gameplay, but no Disney princesses to save would have been successful? I think it could have been, but I don't think it would have reached the level that it did without it. Like, sure. By a lot. Yeah. Sure. Like, that's part of the magic is how they folded it in. Mm-hmm. And you're hanging out with Winnie the Pooh. Like, he's he's, he's a little glum, and you want to help him out. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, I... I... I think, so I don't want to say like, I think part of the thing that makes it work is that both halves of this are so genuine and earnest and sincere. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think part of the appeal is that Disney characters don't normally, like Goofy doesn't normally pick up a shield and start punching nightmares normally. Mm -hmm. That's not his standard mode. So there's some kind of like excitement to that. Yes. There's an alternate universe maybe where Square teamed up with Warner Brothers and these are all Looney Tunes characters. Yeah. And I think that still would have made for an incredible game. Don't get me wrong. If you're listening, guys, I think the pair up would be amazing. But, like, you know, Daffy Duck gets shot regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Like... He gets shot or blown up yeah. or thrown off a cliff. Wiley Coyote gets run over by trains yeah. daily. Uh-huh. So if you know, if Sephiroth were to show up and stick a sword through uh Wiley Coyote or Daffy Duck, like they'd walk away and be like, You missed Bub and take a drink from a well and water would leak out of holes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you stab Winnie the Pooh, it's like, Oh my god, you've crossed some <laughs> some line. You can't do that to Winnie the Pooh. So <laughs> Yeah, it's that's, like that's the innocence. Point. Yeah, the innocence of Disney is part of the appeal because it's just dangerous enough. Yeah, to be like, oh no, these sweet characters are in trouble. <laughs> just halfway up to, oh my god. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, okay. Do you want me to answer your question about the the the, the joke question? <laughs> just read it out loud. Okay. I can't. I can't access it right now. So, so from our dear co-host Pat. Not no. a question, more of a statement. When Sora says Kingdom Hearts is light, the door opens and beams of light pour out, yet we clearly see it's also full of shadows and heartless. Or do we believe this is some sort of magic duality of darkness and light or something? How do you respond to your own question, sir? <laughs> hope somebody got fired for that blunder. <laughs> <laughs> see, we're doing a bit. Where I, we, we give each other lines. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Devon asks, slight spoiler, but non-Final Fantasy Square Enix franchises do show up in Kingdom Hearts occasionally. Are there any other Square Enix characters you want to show up that aren't from Final Fantasy? Uh, Dragon Quest, first... I guess? Is that, is that huh? what we're going for? Do we want oh. Dragon? Or is that... Yeah, why not? Why no. not? Let's yeah. see Chrono. Why not? <laughs> like, Oh my god. Oh yes. Please. Kingdom Hearts 4 Imagine... with Chrono? Please. Please. Imagine the time jet is a gummy ship. Yeah. Oh my Right? Gosh. Uh-huh. Like... Yeah. And the Chrono Trigger characters would work great. Like Frog, man. It's like... Yes! A, f- yes. a frog with a sword. We have a duck with a magic staff. This is yeah. perfect. <laughs> yes. 100%. Yeah. We, we figured yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one right there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Uh, since and then the follow-up question: Since his inclusion in Smash Brothers, Sora has met a ton of iconic characters. Who should he meet next? I mean, I think you said it. I think uh, he's ready to meet some uh, some Looney Tunes. Yeah, I um, just imagine. Yeah, imagine that. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> I want, and then I want his art style to shift to match that. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Imagine. Imagine Foghorn Leghorn being like, boy, I say boy, he's smart, but he's about as, he's, he's a nice kid, but he's about as smart as a sack of doorknobs, right? Like, <laughs> like, like imagine you could summon Foghorn Leghorn. Yes. And he I would run up to an enemy, it. lift their tail, and begin spanking them with a two by four. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Be incredible. Um, I also like the idea of Sora meeting characters that he just like, I don't think he could emotionally interact with like yeah. if he's in Smash Brothers right like he he's interacting with uh um uh like Kazuya mm-hmm. from <laughs> like well, Kaz- okay yeah uh-huh like how could they what would that conversation be like like I'm sore have... I'm here to save my friends who are you like <laughs> yeah Kazuya like just I don't know I don't think they could I don't even know how that conversation goes. So, yeah. Okay, Sora and Tekken 8. Got it. <laughs> I mean, Great. they had Noctis in 7. Yeah, yeah. God, if Sora, if you can have Sora in 8 and he has the giant floppy yellow shoes, that's my main. Yeah. I will Sorry. drop Feng, Feng Wei and I will <laughs> Sora main. <laughs> <laughs> um. And he's got to have the jump, that ridiculous jump he has. Squat. His thighs must be so powerful for that jump. <laughs> oh my god. Have you ever squatted yourself into the air, bro? Yeah. You just squat that hard? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> our good buddy Abby asks, Most of the Ernest movies were distributed by Disney's film <laughs> Touchstone. What would the Ernest films be like as Kingdom Hearts levels? And what might Ernest P. Worrell himself be like as a party member, I think he would have powerful magic that he uses inaccurately. <laughs> <laughs> I I I feel like I feel like that's it. I feel like it was nailed. I don't even know if I can add to this. Like, I want it. I'm sad that this didn't happen. Like that's like so, do it like Tron. Put Sora in this in the Ernest quotes. <laughs> So I have the only caveat I have. Sora goes to camp. <laughs> the only caveat I have is that Ernest's, um, if we speak of the oeuvre of Ernest, uh-huh. it's Ernest goes to X, right? Ernest does a thing. I feel like he oh my would God. join you on oh. the party. Oh my God. Right? He wouldn't have a world. It it's, would suddenly it's like. Zernest. Look out. It's Zernest. Zernest. <laughs> <laughs> Nestrex. (laughs) (laughs) But like, imagine, imagine if like Ernest. I need fan out of Ernest in an organization thirteen coat now. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine, imagine like if like as a mechanic, it's like you can visit a world regularly. Or mm-hmm. you can choose to have Ernest as a party member, and then it makes it like it's almost like an overlay or like a challenge mode. And now it's Ernest goes to Agrabah, right? It's yeah. Like, and it like has 
certain special conditions or like new variables you have to deal with because oh Ernest is with you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's okay. Yeah, that would be. I, I love. Yeah, I would like that a lot. This is no no complaints. Just get more Ernest. <laughs> Dear Mr. S- Mr. Square Enix. Uh, no. Um, yeah. June says, uh, Kingdom Hearts was a series that most captivated my escapist fantasies as a lonely high schooler. Hmm. I thought a lot about being whisked away to other worlds where I was a part of some larger destiny connected to the Kingdom Hearts characters. If you had similar fantasies, what story or series inspired them? Uh, Digimon. Easy answer. Mm. Like, that was my, like... I wa- it was scary. It was dangerous. Digimon were just so cool Mm. if it wasn't kingdom hearts it was that like because anybody could be a digi destin (laughs) right (laughs) but there's only one keyblade master so you know true all the rest of us are all playing second fiddle there but no yeah that's another great traveling through worlds and and yeah Hmm. i can see that 100 percent what's what what do you got what do you got for myself what story or series inspired them Whist away to other worlds where I was part of a larger destiny. Um, that's an interesting one. Hmm. Hmm. I was definitely. I guess there weren't a lot of, you know, I hate to just use the term isekai, but like character whist away to other dimensions. It's type isekai. Stories. Just, just swallow sure. the bitter pill already. It, you know what Fine. it is. It's isekai. I didn't really... There wasn't a lot of isekai-type stories that I interacted with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there were worlds that I really liked and, and, like, story settings and stuff that I really liked, but I didn't think of them as, like, oh, I want to go there. Like, I loved Warhammer growing up, but I didn't want to think no. of Warhammer oh, world. No. It's the, yeah. wor- the worst possible outcome. I would rather just go to, like, regular hell than go to the <laughs> Warhammer universe, right? War- um, no, you're going to Warhammer hell. <laughs> no! <laughs> Please! There's only war here. Um, the, the <laughs> so many hammers. <laughs> Please, sir. There's so many skulls. Oh my god. Everything's so expensive. Mm. Um, in terms of like uh, going to other worlds as a premise, um, I did have a, uh, and this wasn't something that I like projected myself into a lot. But I loved the idea as a kid. If you've ever seen the film Last Starfighter. Yes. Um, you know, where he, he gets to be the Starfighter or whatever. But the yeah. basic premise of that, which was, uh, hey, kid, you're terrible at everything, but you are good at video games. Turns out that was a secret test for you to save the world, right? Mm-hmm. That basic idea, this hope that... Like, so Mega Ranger. So Mega Ranger. Yes, like this this <laughs> I, this hope that like my useless skills and useless knowledge might secretly be worth something someday. Like sure. be like that was certainly an appealing fantasy. I liked that a lot. Sure. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Okay. So uh, Mike asks, uh, how do you feel about the inclusion of the Final Fantasy cameos and their gradual removal from the series as time went on? Mm. The Disney fan service half of the equation was always the more important bit, but in my opinion. The Square fan service was a crucial part of the franchise's flavor. Um, I definitely missed it going forward. Mm. I think what ends up happening is the original characters for Kingdom Hearts end up being more, uh, taking I guess taking more of a precedence, which makes sense because they're committing to their plot, uh, the the soup that they've been building up. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and it's a little hairier if you have uh, like people, other anime-ish characters that aren't that don't really you, you don't know which if they're from this or from a game like if that makes any sense mm-hmm. uh, but it's definitely something I was missing going forward so mm. uh, I, I I don't know if they're I guess they're worse off without it, if 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 we look at it from that side, or that direction. Yeah, I think. I mean, I can't speak to the later stuff as it goes on, but I I yeah. do agree that the Final Fantasy component is also really critical. Like it. it yeah, really I mean, helps. you said it. Like the contrast of like the history. Like these characters are established. There's a history to it. So when you put mm-hmm. Cloud in Hercules' arena, that's really uh, exciting. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh my god, Cloud's here. Yeah. And also he's being really dramatic. Like... Yeah. <laughs> don't embarrass me in front of Hercules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, just chill, okay? I get, we Did all you? get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's part of the the fun and the draw. And I... Yeah. I definitely don't want to lose that, although I do love the original Kingdom Hearts yeah. characters, too. Right. And perhaps as, as time goes on, they will also... Because, um, like, right now, for me, it, it's Sora. Right, I've mm-hmm. only played the first game, but like Sora is like the crucial Kingdom Hearts character to me. Riku and um, why is my mind drawing a blank? Kyrie. Yeah, and Kyrie. Like they, they, they are factors, but it's like they're really just more motivation for Sora, who I really care about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like seeing I like seeing them all together, and I like the texture, I like the juxtaposition, so I don't want to lose that. Yeah, you know, I sure. don't want it to just be one anime <laughs> boy in and amongst the Disney crowd like it i do think having even if it's a 60 40 mix or a 70 30 mix like it's still good to have yeah. that extra component right so, that is all that we had for the questions on this episode so any other uh closing thoughts i suppose before before we head I out i just really want to say kingdom hearts is light like that's really that's mm. the only thing that's in my head. Uh, mm. Head empty, only Kingdom Hearts' light remains. Yeah. What else can you say? I was really glad to play it, even in the year of our Lord 2022, as a mm. first run. Uh, I think it's a an excellent game that is it's very clear why it became popular. And I don't... If, if you're like me... And for some reason, you have been hesitant because it's like, oh, it has this reputation of being impenetrable. It's actually very accessible in the mm-hmm. best way, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just don't ask any more questions. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is Kingdom Hearts? Don't do yeah, that. Whoa. Whoa. Don't do that. <laughs> do that. Don't do that, and you'll be fine. We don't. We don't talk about it. Thank you for listening to the Super Senpai Podcast, Super Turbo Edition. NFT free since 1993. Super Super Senpai Senpai Podcast. Podcast.